Greetings and welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What you are about to hear is the audio version of one of the early Walking and Talking episodes, which, as you may know, began as a video series on YouTube in 2017. As of recording this intro in 2021, I am in the process of transferring the entire backlog of episodes to this audio format and publishing them as podcasts. The main reason that I'm doing this is that I think listening to audio lends itself to more situations than does watching video, and it may be in some sense healthier as well. For example, I can and often do listen to podcasts while doing other things like driving, walking, or doing manual work, whereas I wouldn't be able to watch a video while doing those things, at least not safely or effectively. My hope is that publishing Walking and Talking as a podcast will allow my voice to accompany you while you do things in the world other than staring at a screen. These early episodes certainly leave something to be desired in terms of audio quality as they include things like mic handling noise, wind noise, and inconsistent volume levels, but this does improve as the series progresses, as I learn better microphone technique and I upgrade from the obsolete camera that I started with. Because these episodes were originally intended as videos, there may occasionally be something of relevance that is visual and will therefore be omitted from the audio version, but by and large, all of the relevant information is verbal, so you won't be missing anything crucial by not seeing the video. Starting from episode number 85, and to some extent before that as well, I'm being mindful of the audio-only experience and am making sure to verbally describe anything that I think is relevant. Publishing these episodes as a podcast does involve additional work and additional expense, as I am paying for my podcast hosting, so if you appreciate what I'm doing, please consider supporting me via my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. The link is also in the podcast's description. I don't put any ads or promotions in Walking and Talking, either here or on YouTube, so donations are the only support that I get for this series. My goal is to produce the series with increasing frequency and intensity, as well as to start a new series, the nature of which shall remain secret for now. These goals could be greatly aided if I could begin to cover some of my expenses from the show. At Patreon, you can sign up for as little as $2 a month, and believe me, every small amount is enormously helpful. I am a legendary tightwad, both dispositionally and ethically, meaning... I have always been trying to figure out how to get the most utility from the scantest resources, so believe me when I tell you that any money that you donate will go a long way in supporting the quantity, quality, and development of this work. One last time, the URL is patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett, and with no further ado, on to the episode. My internet friends, welcome to walking and talking. The show where I walk and talk. Is your 
Are, are your are your neurotransmitters starting to fire yet? Because mine are. I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly the amounts of each neurotransmitter. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the exact. Uh, quantity of dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins, oxytocin, uh, what are the other ones? What am I missing? Neurotransmitters. There's like a lot, right? There's a lot, there's more than that, right? Anyhow, I think it's pretty clear to me that however many uh, of those, you know, neurotransmitters are, are flowing in my brain, it's gonna affect you similarly. It's pretty obvious, you know? You can, you can even tell from the comments. how much people like the video or not. But maybe there's, maybe there we have to have, to some extent, at least some sort of similarity in our neurotransmitter flow to start out with in order to, to resonate, to get on board with each other. But, you know, if you can stand the discrepancy long enough, we'll get aligned with each other. Through the beautiful act of communication. I'm gonna stat, I need to stash my bag. stash it in plain view after I take a swig of water. Sorry, I don't mean to yell. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging my bag in plain view for anyone to come and steal. You can steal it if you want. Uh, but all that's going on here really is a continuation of a certain pattern I happen to be, well, I mean, I say I, but it's just like, in the moment there's apparently a relatively high level of physiological arousal 
and a high level of, you know, dopamine, endorphins, or whatever, whatever else. part of that and you're part of that we're part of this we're part of this together talking I think is that it's not gonna try and trick you into believing that a positive mood such as this one can just be kind of provided here independent of any sort of payback you know? Neurological payback. Not, not, not just payback in the future, but also, you know, pay, pay in advance. Because a heightened heightened state of arousal and mood like this is also you know totally linked with going through uh, a number of days of like of like deep depression and staring into the void and uh, all the all the emptiness and suffering of reality uh, all the wretchedness uh, just like uh, consuming me completely and then and then you just sort of like have to swallow all that you just eat it all eat all that without looking away and then then you come out this other side the other side of it and and then you're you're chipper like now. It's the it's the emotional topography. We just happen to be on a on a on a hill at the moment. What about the valley? Will we get into the valley? In this video, even? Maybe? Will we even out?
But I was also thinking that these distinctions between high and low in terms of mood are very dependent on the illusion of linear time. Like you have to, like in order to, in order to perceive your state, in order to perceive your own state as being high, low, or anywhere in between, relies on something to compare it against which is something that we have to uh, either remember or project from the past or into the future. That is, if I say that I'm feeling high now, then it's completely dependent on my, on a memory of feeling low in the past. With the corresponding possibility of a, you know, a future projection of a possible lowness, you know, that I might experience again, that I assume I probably will experience again. I think that it works the other way around, although it's hard to, it's a little bit harder to uh, say with certainty from my current perspective that if I'm feeling very low or depressed, that that is kind of dependent on some memory of, well, at least some kind of idea of happiness, you know? Some idea of the opposite of depression, of joy, of uh, engagement. set aside these uh, mood categories like you know high or low joyful or depressed animated or lethargic etc and just kind of think about them as varying levels of neurotransmitter flow
then I then I am I'm wondering now if this varying neurotransmitter flow can account for the uh, emotional topography that I seem to always posit as being a zero sum, you know, evening out to zero, evening out to uh, kind of neutral. In other words, high flows of neurotransmitters being inextricably linked with low flows of neurotransmitters. And this does seem... This would be consistent with with experiences like uh, drug addiction or uh, romantic relationships or, you know, any kind of, any other kind of addictive behavior or addictive, like, phenomenon, any kind of other addiction. Where, like, you know, I, I never, I never tried heroin, but like, from what I understand, it's like you get this incredible euphoric high, or even like, you know, something more powerful than an orgasm. Uh, but then you have to pay back all of that by you either have to continue doing heroin in order to get that feeling again or or you but you don't actually get that same feeling again or you have to take more and more of it to get that same feeling and then as you keep doing this you have to You have to keep doing heroin just to feel kind of normal. Just to, in order to, ju in, in, you have to keep doing heroin in order to not experience that horrible payback. And it's like doing heroin is, is just like, is just really trying to delay the inevitable excruciating neurotransmitter payback. You know, it's like your brain having to recalibrate to the absence of <clears throat> the drug. And, you know, this is, this is pretty common uh, knowledge, right? People, this is pretty widely understood. Uh, and it can be the same with nearly anything that provides us with pleasure 
or nearly anything that even provides us with happiness or maybe even joy. It's, it works the same with romantic relationships. It works, you know, pretty much exactly the same. Or with whatever form, you know, whatever form the joy or suffering comes into your life. The form itself doesn't really matter that much. like whatever that form is whether we want to uh, classify it as something extrinsic or intrinsic like extrinsic meaning like uh, a substance that you take drug or alcohol or whatever that has an effect on your neuro, neuro on your you know <clears throat> neuro neurobiology your neurotransmitters, or, or your uh, uh, re neuroreceptors, as the case be, may be, but either way, it's like, uh, you know, altering temporarily. altering the chemistry of your brain you could say or just or you could even just say the physical arrangement of your brain to produce Positive feelings, desirable feelings. So that's like extrinsic, extrinsic modifiers, or there could be something that we consider intrinsic. Like, I don't know, like a practice that we do exercising or meditation or or what I don't know like positive thinking or, or something like that I don't know if that really works You know, that might have a similar sort of effect, but I guess there's a difference in that what I'm sort of referring to as intrinsic. I guess these things have like more of a regulating, more stabilizing effect than 
than these intrinsic things that bring about pleasure or, or joy or ecstasy. Because, uh, yeah, I guess with these things like meditation, exercise, uh, playing music, maybe, I guess with those things, it's like the 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 upside and the downside are more integrated. Like if you, like after you, if if you have any kind of practice, regular practice like that, and you do it for long enough, you kind of it becomes clear to you how it becomes clear to you the way that positive and negative uh, experiences are so uh, you know so so linked to each other so uh, inextricable from one another I think uh, I think. I think even with, uh, even if you do have like a, a steep, jagged emotional topography, that is you have high highs and low lows, uh, maybe there's also another factor that might be independent of that of how aware you are of the overall topography that is if you are on a high just how cognizant you are of the link with the low and if you're on the low how cognizant you are of the the link with the high and if you are cognizant of that Do you still, you know, do you still feel okay with that topography? Or would you start to move towards a more even, a more flat emotional topography? A less, a less up and down one. 
And I'm not, I'm not saying that one is any more valuable than the other. But I would say that the cognizance, the cognizance of the emotional topography is, is valuable. And that that's something that, in, that grows over time, over your life, as you mature. You become more aware of the peaks and valleys. And that a valley couldn't exist without a peak. You know what I'm saying? And a peak couldn't exist without a valley. And as I, as I say this, as I walk and talk here, it just feels perfectly clear to me that whatever form those peaks and valleys take does not matter whatsoever. relative to, you know, just the awareness, the awareness of this topography, you know, is, starts to become the more salient feature of your experience. I look at my life and um, and I I see I I see the perfect proportionality of highs and lows of peaks and valleys. I always see that perfect proportionality, but the actual form of how they take is like could be anything it's always changing always different but when you have a repetitive practice like this it might make it a little easier to see because you keep the form of your life consistent and repeated. You do the same thing over and over again. And then you see that that form is, is totally independent of the quality of your experience. Totally independent of the, the peaks and valleys. And 
you might argue that that no the form has the form matters the form has um, an influence on the peaks and valleys you know like obviously if you're eating healthy and exercising and meditating you're probably going to feel better than if you're eating unhealthy and lazing about and watching TV. But I would say, actually, those are just two different forms, two different emotional topographies that both do actually even out in term yeah in terms of the the topography as in in the latter case of eating junk food lazing about and watching TV all of those things you know contribute a certain a certain pleasure you experience a pleasure in doing all of those things and I could describe this experience as like underlying that pleasure it's like a precarious kind of pleasure because you know that because all those things are addictive and underlying them there's like this 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 dreadful kind of like anxiety of like you know I I don't want to stop eating pizza and watching TV because once I stop I'm gonna have to like pay back this pleasure that I'm experience experiencing with like some very existentially uncomfortable truths that I'm gonna have to face a real emotional downside And then conversely, in this other example of eating healthy, exercising, meditating, it's probably gonna be the case that you're, so they're, 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 they're less kind of like pleasurable things. For sure, you don't, you're not getting like a little dopamine rush from those things I mean you're getting some but you're basically what I'm gonna say is that like your sort of baseline uh, neurotransmitter level is going to be a lot more stable but uh after you, after you stabilize into that, it's like, it's, it is kind of a flat, it is kind of a flat experience.
and there's always going to be there's always going to be this potential to have like a real high of like if you ate ate something really sweet or indulged really in anything from this from a baseline state that's very healthy your potential for uh, a very pleasurable experience is amplified that is that is you can experience the pleasure uh, much more greatly if you're approaching it from this like very disciplined state and so like in my experience like sometimes the, the temptation becomes like a little amplified or something or it can be but then as always you know to even to the extent that you experience that great pleasure coming from some stable disciplined state the payback is just gonna is gonna be just as big too because it's gonna screw up your routine it's gonna screw up your discipline and you'll be all out of whack And certainly, it's quite possible to sort of uh, to stabilize into a disciplined existence well, once you're there it's it's not like any kind of uh, ecstasy or euphoria or anything like ongoing. It just kind of becomes the norm, kind of becomes the, the, the baseline. And you're not experiencing that as some kind of high. But, I do have to say, that it, at least in my case, it seems like going through life at this kind of uh, flatter emotional topography resulting from disciplined life does, does seem to foster more favorable conditions for um, a heightened kind of awareness or perspective or getting a higher perspective on this whole emotional topography thing and and sort of like higher level perceptions of reality and consciousness like starting to you know You know, like, like first, like starting to have an increased, like, 
cognizance of the of the topography. But also just become, becoming kind of like more aware of more aware of I don't know like subtler subtler features of of consciousness and experience and um, a, a subtler experience of of time and and being less less kind of stuck in the the linear experience of time but another way to describe that experience would be like feeling this anxiety of time passing all the time of you know afraid of the future regretful of the past etc the fear of death And that sort of thing can be present on on kind of like a a subconscious emotional level. That is, like it can be present on this emotional level, the, this uh, anxiety of passage of time, uh, without us necessarily being uh, mentally cognizant of it, even though it's our affecting the way that we think very greatly, very strongly. resulting in, in, in like all sorts of uh, behavior that we would classify as bad, you know, selfishness and greediness and just like clinging onto, clinging onto anything that would seem to grant us some like solidity in this world. Anything that would sort of seem to bolster the the concreteness of our identity against this perceived linear flow of time that erodes everything. But I'm not saying that you can't have a steep, jagged emotional topography and also have the wisdom and cognizance of that topography. And 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 even and maybe even and maybe even also the subtle experience of time that I'm talking about. But from what I observe, in my own life and like, and observing other people, is that this, this deeper, more jagged emotional topography seems to more often correspond with uh, less kind of wisdom about the topography. 
Not always, but often, it seems like. This is interesting. Remember the beginning of this video when I burst out of the gates uh, performing uh, some, you know, kind of ex extreme emotions, you could say, like, uh, ex like extreme physical manifestations of emotion. Of exuberance, perf of performance of the upside of the neurological topography of you know. Maybe I shouldn't say neurological topography because that kind of sounds like the physical uh, shape of the folds of your brain. But what I mean is. What I mean is that peaks and valleys of the flows of our neurotransmitters. I was kind of performing uh, the bodily, the bodily expression of a peak, a high state of neurotransmitter flow. Like this, high arousal. I don't know, but that's not exactly that's not exactly happiness or joy or euphoria. Really, it's just kind of like uh, physical tension. So, like high state of physiological arousal but not necessarily high state of uh, you know the, the positive neurotransmitters like serotonin or oxytocin now I seem to be you know and it, it seemed to suggest that is this a rock that's a cool rock it's striped Um, that beginning, what's going on, I'm hearing Christmas music, happy Christmas, that beginning seemed to sort of suggest a trajectory for this episode of walking and talking that would be kind of ecstatically, um, non-linear in, in terms of logic you know jumping from one thing to the next or shifting wildly between expressions of various states of arousal very animated you know and then it very quickly seemed to even out into what has been proceeding as a very kind of straightforward and logical and not not particularly exuberant 
laying out of a, what seems to me to be a coherent a set of interrelated concepts. that seem to be kind of flowing without too much difficulty. Not, not, you know, not particularly difficult to move from one thought to the next because it seems to flow fairly naturally. But also, it's not like, it's not this, uh, this like, uh, It's not this like super fecund uh, uh, outpouring. It of you know. It's not this like passionate um, like catalyzation of some huge amount of of mental p potential that's been building up and building up over a long period, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not any kind of ecstasy is what I'm saying. It's not ecstatic or totally exuberant. It's, it's on a level that seems relatively stable and in line with consensus reality. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that I'm saying sound to me like they wouldn't be too hard to swallow. For anyone, you know, even a, even a, a well-educated upper-class individual. Or, you know, not even upper-class, but like, you know, like, somebody that has, somebody that has a PhD could relate to what I'm saying, I think. and might not even perceive me to be totally nuts. Because everybody can perceive more or less in another person's <clears throat> expressions in their communication and their Facial, facial expressions, their gesticulation, you know, body language. Everybody can, you know, most people can more or less kind of have a, uh, a uh, perception of how, just how someone's neurotransmitters are moving around their brain 
whether you whether somebody is conscious or subconscious of this perception of somebody else it comes across you know in communication and you can get a feel for how stable it is how because if it's if it's at one extreme or the other then it may not be quite as universally applicable towards our consensus reality as a, a mental neurological process and expression and communication that is more encompassing of the of both sides of the ups and downs and 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 so you know maybe it averages out or it, it expresses the mean it's like you know it either has to express the mean or it has to kind of like even out or something and and especially if it can demonstrate if it can demonstrate a sort of inherent cognizance of the topography itself then it has more chance to resonate with wise people like you and I But what I hinted at earlier on, and maybe the more important thing to talk about now, is how those perceptions of high and low states <clears throat> are dependent on what I am calling the illusion of the passage of linear time.
how 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 to best put this well i mean just to state the obvious if you're not if you have no reference of past or future in your current you know held in your mind at any given moment then there's there's also cannot be any higher or lower there's just a state that you're in right now and even to even to refer to something like the state that you are in right now would lose all meaning or you know it would it would lose the supremacy of its meaning when you're able to transcend this experience of time moving like right now for example i can speak and form thoughts that it seems are dependent on on time moving on a past and future you know there's uh a beginning, middle, and end of the sentence. And I can construct sentences with coherence and meaning I can express concepts like the past and the future and the present but also there's another feature of my experience that is currently kind of rising to the forefront or, or rising to the kind of like the the supreme the more supremely significant feature of my experience right now is actually a kind of experience of something that's timeless or something that's something that is without beginning or end and without without any without any you know movement without progression without linearity but it's it's a component of my experience nonetheless and I could I could even venture to say that 
what it is is actually experience itself that it is uh Like, it's, it's the biggest kind of uh, container of the contents of my consciousness that I can be aware of right now. Like, it's, it's a thing that it actually is containing time. That linear time exists inside of. Linear time is just... It's, a, it's just like one kind of dimension that's in this larger thing. And this larger thing is something that I could also describe as experience at all. Hey, there's that spaghetti squash that was here like a month ago. Or more than a month ago. The shell of it is still there. Talk about timeless... How else could I, how else could I say it? It's like everything that's going on right now is kind of inside this larger thing that is just, that is kind of the totality of experience or the, the what I'm calling experience is just kind of like the, the nature of experience or, or the, the nature of consciousness at all and then within that within that there's a body within that there's a mind within that there's a uh, there's this um, awareness of everything that's happening right now like the hearing the kind of witnessing of myself talking hearing myself talk seeing you know witnessing the thinking that's happening the witnessing the walking and the the exterior world and then the interior but that's that's kind of uh that that distinction has also disappeared pretty much like when i when i'm talking about when i'm talking about the larger experience this distinction of like uh interior exterior is gone like me world is gone i mean i can still talk about them and i can still kind of understand um i can understand those concepts i can understand those features of experience but they're just that they're just kind of features within a larger thing that in which they are not so separate as if like as if you're watching a movie and you see a distinction between a character and the background but then at the same time you can see the screen and and you can be like both of those things are just part of 
uh, projection. You know, light. They're both kind of light. And so, at this moment, it's like um, I can be aware. I can be. I I can make the distinction between myself, my body, and the rest of the world. You know, of course, like. Um, but then I can also be aware aware of the larger thing that's is equivalent to just the projection of the movie on the screen. Um, that's, I think that's uh, an analogy that's been used by other people as well. But even, so like, even the distinction, like, the, there is like, you know, a, a real distinction between the body and the outside world in that like, you, if you, you bite your finger, it hurts. You bite a piece of wood. If you, you bite a carrot, it doesn't hurt. Um, but, uh, in a certain way, in a certain way, I guess what I'm talking about is, is inclusive of all of that as well. As in like, you know, if, if I hypothetically bit my finger, which I won't do, because I'm aware of the pain that it would cause, um, I guess even the pain itself is is like just kind of an, an intrinsic feature. What am I? What am I really saying here? It's almost. It's. It's kind of as if I'm kind of saying nothing. That isn't perfectly obvious. But I, I do feel, I really, I really feel in this state something that uh, feels simultaneously um, remarkable and unusual and at the same time like completely obvious and mundormal and so mundane as to be unremarkable. It's like both of these things simultaneously, which is which is the total lack right now of any kind of dualistic way of thinking that is like things like things like desires and aversions and fears and attractions and um regrets or pride like none of those things seem to have any any real significance they all all been kind of dwarfed and enveloped um, within a, a large a more encompassing type of awareness
and even and and other other uh, dualisms like love and hate, like uh, they're like to me right now they're um, their inextricability feels perfectly apparent. And, and to, to like go towards either extreme of one of those things like feels just kind of out of the question or under, perfectly understandable within the context of a more limited way of experiencing reality. But from, from this point of view, uh, would just not make any sense to say that that I, I love someone or that I hate someone because it's it's more like the more important thing is just like that the that actually the the distinction between self and other that is like myself or other people also feels at this point um, like a to like a uh, you know a relatively illusory thing that's that is, those two, dis those two distinctions are also things that feel just totally uh, encompassed and, and connected and unified by the state that I feel right now. And so, you know, it's like I can still talk about the difference between myself and another self and you know talk about all the all the differences that any you know any any person would recognize but at the same time experience both of these things as just kind of like slightly different uh, both of these things as manifestations of the same larger thing that I, I feel like in you know that like my self so to speak is like just inside of the larger self the grander self that the grander self that's not me or you but is me and you What's, what's weird is that um, 
this, this state of awareness that I'm talking about, even though I, I talk about it as being totally timeless, I can also, it seems, quite clearly remember times when uh, I've been disconnected from it. And, you know, been thinking and acting in ways that wouldn't seem that wouldn't seem to make sense from this perspective <clears throat> that that only seem to make sense from a more limited perspective of being kind of trapped in the the sort of illusion of separation and trapped in the illusion illusion of uh the separateness of all these different forms of dualism that I've talked about. And so, like, I might be tempted I might be tempted to, like, describe this as uh, a, uh, just, you know, I could, I, could, I could say that I'm just in a particularly clear mind state at the moment. That's one thing, that's one way I could put it. And that in other times, I wasn't in such a clear mind state or that I was under some kind of illusion, but that is still speaking from the perspective of linear time being, being real and supreme. Hold that thought for a moment, I really got a whiz. But like, you know, there's nothing like, there's nothing like having to whiz for pulling one back into the experience of linear time. I think you, I think you know what I'm talking about. 
if you have to whiz, the future seems very real and salient. So if you'll excuse me for a moment, perhaps in a moment, I'll be able to uh, get back to communicating from a, a non-linear experience of time. Okay, that's better. What does it mean to move in and out of a linear experience of time to move in and out of a more transcendent awareness, awareness that is more directly aware of the more fundamental 
quality of just experience itself or, or consciousness itself. Or, or uh, you know, something that seems to be larger than time. It's almost as if there is this kind of uh, constant construction going on of the big consciousness. the experience of linear time when it when it's felt most strongly in the human experience i think has to do with getting towards a uh, kind of equilibrium you know like having to pee is a sort of experience that would you know distract me from thinking about you know lofty transcendent things and thinking in terms of time or any other sort of physiological disequilibrium like being hungry or thirsty or tired would would pull us into thinking about time very strongly because you know, you, it's like you need, like, like uh, you know, it pulls us into a kind of like necessary state change. You know, to eat some food or drink some water or get some sleep. And mental disequilibriums, mental emotional disequilibriums as well. 
when something needs to be fixed about our experience. But at the same time, aren't there constantly little adjustments and equilibrium happening all the time? Like I'll be adjusting my posture or, you know, the way my body is, the position of my body to make it most comfortable. Or moving, or, or like, you know, my thoughts moving in a way to, for myself to feel open. These little corrections and maintenance of physiological and mental equilibrium can also happen within within this kind of awareness that I'm talking about. They can and do. It's, it kind of seems like this kind of awareness is always here. But then, why am I so, why, you know, why would be, why would we ever be unhappy then? Why would we ever be unhappy? Well, I mean, I guess all I can say from this perspective is, is that low states of neurotransmitter flow, aka low moods, things like sadness or whatever other negative experiences, also exist within this kind of, within this this greater experience it's always there it's always there somewhere it's always there somewhere but i think about certain times when i felt you know like really depressed Um, sometimes it, maybe it kind of seems like it's not there but like now I'm recognizing that it is it is there like even in the depths of depression even like staring down the black hole of reality there's still There's still always, even if it's like, seems like far receded to somewhere like that, it's like just barely there, you know, uh, um, a kind of knowing that this also is, is, is part of everything. Even this miserable experience, even this like deep experience of uh, wretchedness and emptiness, 
It's like still has a certain belongingness in something larger. It's like that that uh, that little that little kernel of awareness is you know that that is what keeps us alive. That's what has kept us alive up till now. Like like look at this, you and me. Like we we are alive right now. I mean at least at the very least you are. You could be watching this years, year, like decades after uh, this uh, physical manifestation has, you know, uh, altered form beyond recognition. But look, you're alive right now. What has kept you alive? That, that awareness that's always there. This, that's always, that, this, that which is here now that has always been and always will be. Is the most fundamental aspect of life and it's like what it what it's is what keeps you going. Even, you know, and like, and now that I think about it, this, this uh, transcendent kind of knowing is actually no different than the experience of linear time. It's not actually separate, you know? So I talk about the, the, experience of linear time being most evident in experiences of disequilibrium that is like you feel bad for one reason or another and you have a kind of conception of a possibility of feeling better of improving the, the quality of your experience that conception of something better of of improvement I now believe is none other is none other than a manifestation of this ever-present This ever-present, you know, like, large self, this ever-present kind of, like, timeless experience is even there, even, even in the dark moments, as, as, as the hope, 
you know, as the 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 little the little kind of glimmer of the the possibility of the the other side of the darkness, the the light side. And I could say that it might also be in, be present even in uh, the light moments as an awareness of the of the darkness, and it might be present in your own happiness as um, compassion for other people that may not be happy at the moment. Like a, just the, the feeling of connection there. Like even if, even if the sort of um, non-separation doesn't seem like the like uh, obviously tangible at every moment, but it's still present there manifesting as like that kind of sort of like sort of nagging intuition that you have about about being good to other people you know that little that little kernel of like consciousness in you that says like I should be good to other people I shouldn't you know, I shouldn't either a you know screw screw people over in as far as as possible, and b that I should I should act in a way that you know would alleviate the suffering of other people in as much as possible. Like that little, that little nagging thing, whether it's like, whether it seems like it's being actualized or not. Is always there as a kind of, because it is just, you know, like, that is just kind of like recognizing uh, the more... the grander truth of how reality is.
like even <clears throat> even all of what I'm calling illusory is in fact just part of it it's it's totally not anything separate And at the same time, at the same time as I, I am uh, saying all of this stuff that is, seems indicative of and expressive of this uh, supreme connectedness. At the same time, at the same time, I feel totally aware of the opposite perception of everything, of the feeling of like total isolation and and uh, and meaningless and like uh, the 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 sort of perception of life as uh, unending suffering or even the perception of all of reality as unending suffering like I feel I feel totally totally familiar with that experience and from my memory of having experiences like that it feels like uh, the the sort of the sort of grander reality that I'm talking about feels, it feels like an illusion. It feels like a total illusion. Like, I can, I can conceive of states that I can remember. From which, the sort of state that I am expressing now would seem like a total mirage, would seem totally illusory, would seem like uh, just a, a total temporary high. A total temporary high that owes everything to the despondent depths. think about this it's like this also seems true it also seems true that this the the ability to experience what I what I'm talking about also relies on the experience of the total opposite of like total disconnect 
meaninglessness. Emptiness. Isolation. Loneliness. Like profound loneliness. Not just... Not just like, I, I don't mean just like a literal social isolation, but I mean like the profound kind of like aloneness in the sort of Kierkegaardian sense of whether you're around people or not being like totally trapped in your individual experience. You know, I'm, I, uh, it's not like I'm experiencing that at all right now, I don't think. I'm just kind of like recalling a memory of that experience. But I have like, um, I have a memory of how real it felt. And how true it seemed that any kind of feeling of uh, grand meaning or connectedness was just, was merely a total illusion. Even though Although, like, from what I have just been saying, you know, in the, in the past moments, that it, it felt so, it felt, that experience felt so incontrovertibly true. to like conceive of both of these opposing views of reality at once Feels, feels like something that uh, would would require an even like like a whole nother level of consciousness seems required to you know to reconcile both of those viewpoints.
it would be, you know, a level of consciousness that I, I, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with. But it, it has to be something that's here. Like I must be within it, right? Like, if all of these sort of more limited, more relative ways of thinking and perceiving are contained within um, this kind of larger, more encompassing comprehensions of reality that I've, I've been describing, these, these two kind of like dueling... Um, notions you know it it's as if like it's as if it's as if like in the first like hour and a half or so of this video I was starting to you know describe um, a sort of non-dual awareness but then then I started to become of then I started to become aware of that that even even that non-dual awareness that that seemed so uh, you know transcendent and encompassing of all dualities to even itself be one side of another duality an even bigger duality It feels like reality is eating its own tail like an Ouroboros. It feels like reality is like moving along like one of those uh, water weenie toys, uh, uh, which I learned the geometrical shape is called a toroid. You know, a toroid, like a, a donut shape, basically. If you had a donut that was like constantly turning inside out, you know, this inside out motion where the outside becomes the inside of the hole and then the inside of the hole becomes the outside of the, of the circle and it keeps moving, you know, it keeps like eating itself, kind of. Or if you, if a person did it, it would be as if you sucked yourself into your mouth and then uh, went all the way inside out and then you came out your asshole and then you know all, all your intestinal tract would be on the outside and then you kept kept turning and then it goes back inside and then you come back normal it kind of feels like reality is doing that but in uh, much more than three dimensions
or as if like yeah as if even this this notion of of, of um, this notion of transcending that I've been talking about of joining all dualisms in a higher encompassing awareness it seems as if even this higher encompassing awareness is itself one side of a dualism where is it all where does it all go is it gonna like is it is there a linearity like there's a like there's a down and an up or does it does it all circle back around and you come come back down to the the bottom levels again I'm certainly no stranger to the most base forms of human experience. It's almost, it's almost scary. I mean, it is scary. It's scary and not scary. It's scary and exciting. But all the while, I mean, all the while, amongst all of this, any kind of notion of self feels like really obliterated. Like the idea of, of being a self feels like a joke at this moment. As if there is only relation with the world. And even to say that is kind of a joke. It's like there's only this, you know? There's only this. 
And even that seems like a joke because it seems so completely obvious that just this is it's like as if as if this is so much that it doesn't even need saying but if, it's like it's like saying the most obvious thing that is so obvious that it doesn't even need to be said but that at the same time seems like such an important and fundamental attribute of reality that like it seems like any of the other things that we pile on top of it seem just like little distortions or big distortions but they're not really but they're not really they're also just this even what we would think of as distortions it should be pretty obvious at this point that nothing I'm saying now is important to understand there's not any more understanding understanding is a joke There's no more, you know, there's no more learning. There's, there's no more communication here. All these notions are, are gone. There's just some talking here, you know. There's just walking and talking. There's just this experience of watching, walking and talking number 51. But not even that, you know. I mean, that's like an unimportant, that's like a totally frivolous detail. Just another like little fold, another, just another wrinkle. To have any kind of concept would just be a wrinkle in the fabric of reality at this point. Even the concept of a wrinkle in the fabric of reality is itself a wrinkle in the fabric of reality. Let's, we're smoothing it out. I mean, it's smooth. It's smooth. As if you're, if all the wrinkles in your brain were flattened out.
there's no more there's no more communication there's just talking here so it means anything the talking just kind of continues by itself now with not with any force but just because it has momentum and there's no resistance there's no friction there's nothing for it to bump against there's no work for it to do it's just moving like a body moving through a vacuum with no friction a, a moving body through space is how the talking is proceeding here but it's not actually moving through space because there is no body and there is no space. Both space and body, both space and form, are both mere wrinkles. doesn't matter anything a wrinkle moving through a wrinkle a wrinkle in a wrinkle a wrinkly wrinkle what if the wrinkles on your face had wrinkles themselves This is exactly what I'm talking about. The wrinkles in your brain folds having wrinkles themselves. And a, the a brain itself being nothing more than a wrinkle. Mind itself being nothing more than a wrinkle. But actually there never were any wrinkles. There, ne there aren't any wrinkles and there never were and there never will be. You probably can't see this, but there's a deer right here. I feel wrinkleless in my being.
I feel smoothed out. Well, I, I mean, what I feel like is as if I was a wrinkle, but now I'm all flattened out. I mean, that I was a wrinkle in reality, but now reality's flattened out, and so I'm like, <clears throat> I feel smooth. It, you know, it, it, whatever it is, it, this, 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 it that is feels smooth now. Feels ironed out. Stretched out to dry. You know that satisfaction of like you made your bed and you, you know, as opposed to like you look at your sheet all, your, your blankets and your sheets all strewn on top of your bed in, in wads. You know, compared to the feeling of your bed made with the sheets and blankets neatly laid across there without any wrinkles and folds in them. You understand the sort of difference of experience in perceiving those two states of being of your bed. Well, that's what, that's, that's what all of reality is, can be said to be like. And this is, this, this, reality feels like a nicely made bed at the moment. ready for you to jump in and uh, get under the covers and uh, be nice and cozy. But don't let this notion of coziness become another wrinkle in your mind. You know what I'm saying? You get into bed and then you all of, and then immediately the blankets in are wrinkled again. You ruined it. Don't get in the bed. Don't fall for it. Stay. Stay up. Stay awake. Experiencing the wrinklelessness. I mean, you will have to go to bed eventually. It's inevitable. We'll have to, we're, we're inevitably gonna wrinkle, wrinkle it up again. It's okay. Because even if it's wrinkled, it's still the same reality. But just enjoy right now how smooth it feels. To be awake, looking at a perfectly made bed. Just look at it. Just keep looking at your bed. Looking, keep look, just admire your made bed. For as long as you can.
we're actually, you know, we're, we're actually ambivalent about whether there's wrinkles or not. We can let things get wrinkled. We can let things get wrinkled. Because even if things get wrinkled, we'll, we know that, that each one of those wrinkles is not its own little monster that's separate and gonna take over. We know that, the, we know that they're indeed only wrinkles. You're only going to be able to follow this if you have been watching this video continuously. If you've skipped ahead, you're not going to you're not going to know what the hell's going on. But that's okay. It's okay even if you don't know what the hell is going on. Because uh Yeah, even even us who have been continuous with the whole thing we profoundly don't know what the hell is going on. I will say that these moving lines of lights are something to behold. The beauty of traffic moving smoothly. Anything. anything. The depths of despond and see. Anything. Anything. Damn. What's up, my internet friends? Welcome to... 
walking and talking. Can you believe that we can just exist like this in this moment of time without it hurting? Reality doesn't hurt. Does it? Not in the not in the big sense right now. Like just look Look at, look at this experience right now. It kind of amazes me that I can experience this time or this consciousness or just that I can experience at all. And it it doesn't it doesn't really hurt not in the deep sense you know it it might hurt a little in in relative ways but those ways are just they're just that relative it's getting dark I bet you can't really see my face anymore at all. You probably can't see much of anything at all, but I guess I'll just keep pointing the camera towards sources of light. This moving, these moving lines of traffic are pretty great though. It's getting dark and it does feel like we are kind of plunging into some kind of unknown. Really, you know? I mean, I think the feeling of night coming on. Contributes to this feeling of uh, a kind of un unknown, you know, the the unknowable mystery of existence. Really uh, enveloping everything. But we're not afraid of it.
we're just we're uh, in it and it's almost it's almost kind of like welcome it's like fine it's like let the night come on let this uh, this infinitely expansive abyss of unknowableness come and take over everything and and wipe away anything solid of what we know about ourselves our identity our reality and it's fine we're ready for it. we're ready for that wiping away And to kind of like release into this uh, unknowableness. To kind of like dissipate. Dissipate. And we know. We know that the sun will come back up and will re-manifest. And it's something that seems solid. At least, you know, from our future experience of going through the day, there will appear to be some solidity. And that's fine too. We'll be ready. We'll be ready for that. We'll be ready to solidify again. And do the practical and live the life. and do the work Even if doing the work means means plunging into a wretchedness sometimes of just eating eating all the horrible emptiness of reality sometimes eating it and digesting it metabolizing it metabolizing the emptiness We'll swallow all that emptiness and get and get bigger and stronger.
we'll move back and forth between that this uh, darkness and this light this the, the depths and the greater understandings well maybe until we can understand both of them that until you know what I was talking about about being able to reconcile both of them at the same time simultaneously night and day at the same time and I guess that is like getting off that would be equivalent to uh, getting off of the planet and seeing the earth and the sun at the same time seeing well seeing the earth with one side illuminated and one side in shadow that's the analogy of being able to reconcile the dark and light moments of life at simultaneously the depths of despondency and disconnection and isolation and loneliness versus the uh, moments of transcendence and profound understanding and connection not actually one superior to the other but both actually actually linked to each other but if you get if you get off the planet if you get off the earth you could always see the sun you could stay out of the shadow Is that what it's like? Is that what reality is like? Is it... Is reality like... As if depression is... Being in the shadow... Of... Of the, like, uh, supreme source of everything? Is uh, depression or the negative experiences or the limited ways of seeing reality, the experiences of separation, of separateness? Is that just like being in the shadow of the source? The source that's that's constantly casting light, but you just happen to not be in that light because you're on the other you're on the other side of the thing of a, a thing.
I don't know, but I guess even if you got out to where you can see the sun, the sun is just still one little point inside of a a big sort of blackness that's perforated by lots of other little points of light. But then what's outside the blackness? What the heck? What the heck's outside the universe? Huh? If there's a universe, what the heck else? Tell me! It almost, you know, it, it seems like even if I think about an infinite universe, even if I think about an infinite universe, that still seems to imply a something, a something as opposed to a nothing. But then that still implies that there is also a nothing. Like, there's a nothing. What the hell? How can there be a nothing? What? If I, if I say that there's a something, there's a universe, even if, even if a universe is all that there is, even if it's, even if it's infinite and expanse, it still it still seems to imply imply the ex existence of a nothing. But but what the hell is a nothing? What does it mean for a nothing to exist? What? What? What the heck? What the heck? What the heck? Is nothing. What the? Heck is nothing. Heck. Is it... Is it here? Can we experience it? I feel, I think it's here. I think it's here in the something. I think it's here in the something. This, this thing that I thought was a something, the universe, this thing, this universe that I thought was a something that was here.
It is also nothing. It is also nothing. It's the same. They're the same. They're the same thing. They're the same. They're the same nothing. The something is the nothing. And the nothing is the something. There's no... They're not different. That's what the heck. That's what the heck. That's what the heck. That's what the heck. The nothing is the something. That's what the heck. That's what the heck is going on here. I mean, look at this. Look, look around. Just look around. Look around you. Look around you. Look around you. Look around you. Is it something? Are you experiencing something? Is this, is this a something around you? But, but keep, but look also. Look also. Look also. Because there's, because it's also nothing. It's also nothing. Look, there's no something and there's no nothing. And there's something and nothing. It's it's neither nor and yes and uh, uh it's no, not, and, yes, and. Is what the heck is going on here. This is and isn't. Or is neither is nor isn't. And that's not what the heck is not going off there. All I can really say is this shit is popping. Popping off, in and out. Popping in and out. You're with me, right? You're with me and you're not. You're, you're with me and you're not at the same time. We understand and we don't. Neither understand nor not understand. Rush hour. It's beautiful rush hour. I love rush hour. Now. Now I love rush hour. It's the best. It's the best hour.
Look how beautiful it is. We're going around and around a toroid in many dimensions. The, this blue light from the battery pack is blindingly bright now. I'm covering it up. You really should donate to my Patreon page. Come on. Come on. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Who the heck else can explain reality to you better than me? Benjamin Effin Bennett. That's who the nick. I make you understand until there's and, and until until there's no more understanding possible.
we understand everything until there's there's no longer a solid reality to understand it. We understand until we understand understanding itself. And once we understand understanding itself, then it eats itself and it eats itself and disappears into itself like an Ouroboros. That's why the heck you should donate to my Patreon page. Patreon.com slash uh slash Benjamin Bennett, I think. Link in the description. Link in the description. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Anything. This episode is like driving a brand new car. This episode is like a perfectly made bed. This episode is like a really good fuck. This episode's like eating a dank ass smoothie after you've been outside exercising for a long ass time. But it's it's better than all of those things. It's better than all of those things. None of those things do this to you. None of those things do this to you. I mean, come on. Two bucks a month, five bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. Patreon.com slash Benjamin Bennett. Obliterate your separateness. Via the flow of money. Come on.
Come on. Come on. Come on. It's your pal! It's Benny here! Come on for your old pal Benny! Just a couple bucks for old Benny! Just a couple bucks! Benny will get you right! Benny will set you straight! Your old pal Benny will smooth out the wrinkles. Your old pal Benny make the bed for you. Your old pal Benny smoothing out the wrinkles of reality. Come on, just cover bucks. Just cover bucks on Patreon. Come on. Come on. Anything. This is my pledge drive. Come on. Come on. Welcome to this special pledge drive episode. Walking and talking. Come on. 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 For your old pal Benny. Come on. Woo! Walking and talking. Smoothing out the wrinkles. Woo! Come on. Benny setting straight your notions of time. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Patreon.com. Link in the description. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Benny. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Woo!
like a nicely made bed. Moon. Yo, pal Benny here. Straighten you out. Help old Benny make a bucket too. You like how we get your your neurotransmitters smoothed out, smoothed out, like a nicely made bed, like ironed ironed shirt. We're, we're smoothing out all of reality here. What could be more important? What could be more important in life? What could be more important than what we do here in walking and talking? If you value, if you value walking and talking, If you make walking and talking a regular part of your life, become part of the walking and talking family. We're like a family here. We're like a family, you and me. You and me. We're family. How could you how could you do this to me? How could you forget about your family? How could you forget about your family? I love you. How could you do this to me? I love you. How could you do this to me? How could you forget about me? I need you to support me. I love you. Why don't you support me? Mom? Please drive. Link in the description. Anything. We have, we've established it doesn't matter the contents of experience. We're dealing with pure experience now. You should you should try this
blinking really fast. Keep blinking. Just blink as fast as you can repetitively. And you'll uh, create some kind of simulation of a, a simulation of uh, <clears throat> the quantization of the experience of time the quantization of uh, consciousness actually there's supposedly you know a kind of frequency of uh, our brain perceiving Slice, little slices of time like slice like time perception is actually seems to have a, a frequency a bit rate if you will We're back. We're back. Damn. What's up, my internet friends? Welcome to Walking and Talking. Welcome to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. I recommend this. I highly recommend this. I can't recommend this highly enough. I can't 
recommend this highly enough. I highly recommend this. I recommend, I recommend this. I highly recommend this. Oops, that was the wrong pitch. Come on, come on. Whoa, it's a different pitch over here. Hear it? Oh yeah. Listen over here. It's wild over here. Coming over here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come 
on. Come on. Come on. Woo! Let's drive. Woo! Woo! Link in the description. Link in the description. Link in the description. Link in the description. Patreon.com slash
anything. You're with me, right? You're, you're following me all, the, all along. If you've been following this whole video continuously, you know exactly what's going on. You know this makes all perfect sense to you. It's all perfect, perfectly clear. Too clear, if I might say, if I might add. A little bit too, a little too clear, if you ask me.
and nothing is here as well. And something. Just like a body moving through a vacuum in space, no friction.
Just eat up all the pain, eat it up, slurp it up, lap it up, suck it up, gulp it down. It's good shit. Just jump, just jump head first right into the worst shit and lap it up. It's the best. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. Dive head first into the worst shit and lap it up. You won't regret it. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. Just dive head first right into the worst shit and just lap it up. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. I'm, t I'm telling you, you're gonna thank me. If you just dive head first right into the worst shit and just lap it up. It's really good shit. You won't regret it. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. You're gonna be thanking me. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Just dive head first right into the worst shit and lap it up. It's really good shit. You won't regret it. You'll thank me. You'll thank me. Just dive head first right into the worst shit. The worst possible shit. And just lap it up. Gulp it down. Sop it up. Eat it all. Digest it. Metabolize it. It's really good shit. It's really good shit. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I swear. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate it, but then you're gonna love it. And you'll thank me. You'll be thanking me. And I mean the worst shit, the worst shit.
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
Way better than the best fuck of your life.
Woo!
The worst shit. Right, right in. The worst shit. Right in there. Gulp it down. Eat all of it. All of it. All of it. Can you believe it? Look. 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 Something, it's something.
not just something though.
All right. All right. All right. All right. I know. I know. You're with me. Stay with me. Stay with me here. We're still here. We haven't totally lost it. We have. We have and we haven't. We lost it, but we never had it to begin with. Well, the notion of neurotransmitters has pretty much uh, exited my mind. Although, I guess it's back now. As I started thinking about what, you know, what type of neurotransmitter activity is, is going on here exactly. I'm, I couldn't quite tell you, but I would, I would have to say, I would have to guess, I'd have to guess that there's a preponderance of the, the psychotropic ones popping off, you know. In the recent past in their, our recent past. But we're back now, we're back. We're back in normal land. We're back solidified. I feel like a identity in a body. I feel in a body, I feel in a body, I guess. Eh, eh. Yes and no. I feel I feel like there's time, you know? I feel like there's a future. In fact I'm I feel hungry. 
There's a future because there's a future in which I'm eating. Something, something fried and fatty. And some greens. And some vegetables. A future in which I'm eating. Thanks for your generous support on patreon.com slash I got a description. Aronia berries, the future, they're kind of wrinkled. The future is now. This episode is like a brand new car. This episode's this episode is like a driving a brand new car. And then you like spill a cup of coffee in there. Ah. This episode's like driving a brand new car that you just spilled a cup of coffee in. Cleaning up after sex, I gotta go to the bathroom. Get get rid of this. Oh hold on, it's it's dripping. Don't let it oh, oh hold on, let me get a let me get a paper towel. Right, I got a, there's a tissue over here.
It's like driving like a driving a brand new car. Uh, in rush hour. In rush hour. It's beautiful from the outside. From far away. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you knew you were in for this. You knew what you were getting into. You knew this would be, you knew this was coming. This part, you knew this part was coming. The worst shit, drive right in, drive right in, right in, lap it up. You'll hate it, but then you'll be thanking me later. It's okay. We're almost done. It's okay. 
feel like we're in an argument. I feel like we're having an... Are we having an argument? I mean, no, it's fine. And it's fine, it's whatever, you know? about me. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do do whatever you're going to do. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, go ahead. I mean, it's almost over anyways. It's, it's fine with me if you just want to turn it off. I'll be fine. I'll just keep walking. I'll just keep walking here and I'll, I'll just talk to myself. Doesn't matter to me. Go ahead. Do, do, just go do what you want to do. You don't. You don't have to, don't stay here for me. I'm not, I'm not asking you to stay here for me. No, I'm not pissed at, I'm not mad at you. Either, just either stay here and, and, and just like, can we just either stay here and have a, a good time walking talking or go ahead and do what you need to do and I'll just keep walking and here and talking to myself. It's fine. I'm not mad. I understand. I understand that it's a long time, it's four hours, and you might have other stuff to do. It's all right, okay? I'm telling you, I, I'm honestly telling you that I will be, I'll be totally fine if you wanna go do other things. I've had a great time with you. It was very fun. And uh, I think I'm gonna go get something to eat. Uh, just need a, just gotta, you know, fill up a few more minutes of talking. You can do whatever you want. You can stay here and listen to me talk. 
or you can go do your thing. It's fine, either way. What is this? Yeah, looks like candy. Yeah. Anything from the CBS? More paper towels, tissues, or anything? Dopamine receptors uh, mutually exhausted, depleted. Are our oxytocin receptors mutually depleted? It's fine. It's fine. All I'm saying is my oxytocin receptors are depleted. It's fine. They'll recalibrate later, it's fine. I just have to go through a kind of neurological payback period. It's fine. And then we can be in love again.
Okay, see ya.